you want to focus our thoughts on those, that, that section, the, the beginning of that section from Romans 12 that Adi read to us. And I was thinking about Romans 12 this week. Um, two, two stories from my past uh, came to mind. I grew up in a very small town uh, north of Belfast, about 50 miles north of Belfast. My father was the local sergeant. And being a small town, if you ever understood small town mentality, everybody knows everything about everybody in a small town. Um, and therefore, the whole town knew who we were and who I was. But one evening, I was out playing with a group of friends. Uh, I was about eight or nine, I reckon. And another group of boys started throwing stones at us. And guess what we did? Of course, we just thought we'd better replace them and throw them back. Uh, and <laughs> none of us were terribly good at throwing stones. Uh, one of the ones that I threw missed the other boys by miles, bounced in the road, and, and went underneath a, a passing car. It, it couldn't have done any damage to the car, because number one, I, I couldn't throw stones hard enough to do damage to a car, and number two, it, 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 it just didn't. I mean, it was quite a long way past, and it was coming to the end of its trajectory, if you know what I mean. But by the time I got home, the whole incident had been reported to my parents. And I can remember very well uh, one of the things that my father said to me. He said to me, you need to remember the f your family and who you are and not behave in that way again. Uh, now, he said a lot more than that, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't remember much else of what he said, but that stayed with me. Uh, I, I've remembered that and thought about that very, very often. Remember who you are and how you behave actually matters. Roll forward a few years. When I was at secondary school, I played rugby. Our matches were always on a Saturday morning. And I remember one occasion where everything about that day went completely wrong. Now, it started on the field. Maybe it started, I can't remember if it started before the match began, but it, be, but it certainly started on the field because both teams completely lost to discipline. You, you know those kind of ways you see on TV where the two teams are at each other and they're, and they're trying to do all kinds of things that they should never be doing to each other. That happened on the pitch. After the game was over and we changed and, and some of us had gone home, some of the pupils of our school surrounded the other school's bus and stopped it leaving. Now, I, I'd gone home at this stage because uh, I was on my bike and I'd gone home. I, I, I heard all about this later on. I, I was never sure exactly what happened, but it, it, it was not a, good, not a good thing to have done um, uh, on the school. But as you can imagine, on the Monday morning, there was a full-scale inquiry going on uh, in the school. And I remember the head teacher and our coaches say to us that Saturday's behavior on the field and off the field was not acceptable from pupils of our school. That was not how we behaved when we were representing the school. We were either in a school uniform or in our school's sports kit. That was simply not on and should never, ever happen again. And basically they told us, remember who you are and behave accordingly. And in both cases, and you'll see why I remembered both of those things as I was thinking about Romans 12, the message was, remember who you are and live who you are. And that's exactly what Paul is saying in Romans 12. If you had a chance to read through 1 Peter 2, it's also what Peter was saying in that passage, if you're not preparing for today. What Paul and Peter say is vital for us as a community and as individuals. And I just want to focus on the opening words 
of, of Romans 12 for today. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's important to read this little section in its context, particularly in terms of what has gone before. And Paul has spent the previous 11 chapters of Romans dealing with a whole range of questions and issues that were critical for the mission of the church in Rome in the first century. And in the process, as he's dealt with and addressed all of these issues, he has articulated a gospel response to what the believers in Rome were facing. If you believe the gospel, this is how you ought to live. Are there divisions among you? If you believe the gospel, this is how you ought to live. If you read Romans 1 to 11 with that in mind, it really helps you to understand what's going on. In fact, that's how you should read all of Paul's letters, because he's trying to articulate, okay, you guys believe the gospel? Here's what it means. Are there folk telling lies in your midst? Here's what you need to do. Are there folk who are lazy in your midst? Here's what you need to do. Are there, are there folk who are creating division and dissensions and frustrations in, in your midst? Here's what you need to do, because the gospel addresses all those kinds of things. But Paul is saying something to us really profound here in Romans 12. He's saying this. When you get to grips with the, how the gospel intersects life, how it challenges and changes us, when we love and serve and act in the ways the good news of Jesus shows us, and had he read some of those implications to us in Romans 12, we'll be living who we are and what we are. We'll be living in a completely different story. And that, says Paul, is true worship. And, and, and here's the thing that we need to take away from these verses and practice together. As the people of God, as followers of Jesus, as members of the church, we are living in a different story. Every, and that affects everything we do. Everything about us is affected because we're living in a different story. It affects how we relate to people. It affects how we speak to other people. It affects how we think. It affects how we engage with others. It affects our homes. It affects our families. It affects our work. It affects how we relate to our neighbours. It influences how we use our money, how we use our time. There's nothing about our lives that this new story does not touch. And some of the reading that Peter referred to this week was to help us reflect how this looks in everyday life because we're called to be like Jesus. And we need to think and reflect as, as a group of people and as individuals what that looks like. How do we continue to be Christ-like as we go on through life and face its challenges? It's something that we should always be doing. But look at one of the things that Paul mentions here about followers of Jesus, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are actually on a different course from the rest of the world around us. And we're not to be shaped by the thinking and practices of the world around us, 
but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's the work of God's Spirit. But we need to realize and be honest about that there's lots of pressures to conform to the norms of our culture in there. Let's not pretend it's, it's something that we can easily avoid. It's all around us. Every time you go to the shops, every time you walk into the supermarket, every time we use our phones, every time we watch TV, every time we look up something on the internet, consult emails, we're repeatedly being told, this is the way you ought to be living. This is the way you ought to act. This is how you should be thinking if you're really a responsible member of the 21st century world. And there's pressure to conform and to fit in, to adopt the attitudes, to adopt the actions, to adopt the reactions and the thought process, processes, the buying processes and the values of the world around us. Uh, this week, I was trying to buy something from Amazon and the order went wrong. As it does very often when you try and order these things online or you've got some kind of interaction to make. So I thought, I'm going to sort this out. I got on the chat uh, to, the, to, the, to the customer service and as things went on, I felt myself getting more and more and more frustrated. You, you know how it goes. You've been there. You know, whether it's Amazon or Air or, or that board gosh or ESB or the kind of customer service and you, you know how it goes. And what should have taken five minutes was taking a whole lot longer than five minutes. And I didn't know who Emily Rose was at the other end of the chat. Never met her. Didn't know. And I was tempted to just just blast everything I could to get this sorted. And got proper service. And then I thought about the passage that I was preaching on on Sunday. And the Remember who you are. And I realized that the sort of behavior I was contemplating was simply not consistent with my identity. Because followers of Jesus do not treat others as though they don't matter and are unimportant. Whoever the others is, I've never met Emily Rose. I'm probably never met her in my life. But she is a person whom the story I live in tells me is important and of value, and I need to treat them in that kind of way. So I just kept to the facts, and as patient as I could, I asked the agent, would they please sort things out? <laughs> this is a good ending, because they did. But it's important, isn't it, when the pressure is on us to behave the way the world might behave, to remember who we are and live who we are. Paul's urging us in Romans 12, remember who you are. Just remember who you are and live in that story. Living as the people of God is who we are. And as the rest of the chapter highlights, this is something that we do together. We don't do this in Lone Ranger style. We don't live as God's people in Lone Ranger style. We do it together. Now here's the amazing thing. The story, that new story, has all the resources we need to be transformed from the inside out. 
It isn't just a case of don't do what the world does, do not be conformed to the patterns you see around you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Transformation is part of that story. For all of us. Uh, change is a key part of the Christian faith. It, it's right at the it's built into its whole core, the transformation of individuals and communities. And that's why we can never say, well, I can't change. It's just the way I am. The minute you think that or say that, you actually are stepping outside the story. That's an attitude that takes you outside the story. Now, I'm not suggesting that sometimes we're going to get perfect overnight and we as a community in Dublin West will be perfect by this time next week because that ain't going to happen. However, we must never give up on the fact that we can be changed and different in a year's time because we're living in a story that has at its heart a story of transformation. The spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, who actually gave us new life when we were completely dead, is able to change and transform us. What can he not transform in us? That's the heart of the story. That's the story we live within. That's what Paul said in Romans 1 to 11. Therefore, he says, you can be transformed and renewed heart, head, hands. All of you. It's a slogan that IBI uses. But it's absolutely true because it's, 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 it's all of us can be transformed from the inside out. And one of the instruments the Spirit uses to do that is the church. For those of us in Dublin West, have a little look around you. If you, have, if you want to have a little look around you, those are the folk who are going to help you be transformed. You think, oh dear, not that folk. Not them. Part of their purpose is to enable you, to enable all of us, to be transformed and to live a transformed life. Isn't that amazing? One of the instruments the Spirit uses is the church. And if we know ourselves honestly and truthfully in the way that verse 3 describes, then we'll actually know that what we need in a church fellowship is a bunch of patient, generous, and gracious people who will walk with us as we are transformed and reshaped together. Because I know enough about myself to know that if anyone is either impatient, ungenerous, or ungracious, um, they won't put up with me for long. As we are all being transformed together. That's how, says Paul in the rest of Romans 12, that's how and why we can be patient and loving and generous and forgiving to each other. Because actually we all know we have a long way to go. We're in this together. That's what the idea of a church who's walking in the light of Scripture as a holy church is. And the message of the verses at, at, at the beginning of Romans 12 should not and cannot be reduced just to individuals. It's only about me. This is for us as a church together. To be the church God intends, we need to be working together at the transformed lifestyles he wants to produce in each of us. Just read through the rest of the chapter. 
to see how that is very much something that we do as a community. And when we all remember and remind each other who we are and live who we are, it makes a real difference. It's a signpost to God's grace at work in our midst. One of the reasons we get together on a Sunday morning is to remind each other that we actually live in a different story. We mightn't feel it coming. We mightn't feel it being here. We mightn't even, might think nobody else will notice that we're not here. But the very fact of being here is a group of people who say we live by a different story. And it's really encouraging for everyone else to see you as part of that. Because it just adds, it adds another number, another person, another life to say, yes, we're part of this other story. So let me encourage all of us to keep what Paul says in, says here in these verses in view for our journey of faith together. Remember who you are. Live who you are. Live in God's story. And it will keep on making a difference in your own life and make a difference in our life together as WS. And what we have seen and experienced already, because we've seen many of these things in our midst, gives us a, a desire to see just that little bit more as we journey on together. We're going to celebrate communion together just in a moment. And it gives us an opportunity together to offer all of who we are to God as our response to his actions, our mind, our skills, our talents, our heart. And we can trust him to transform us by the renewing of our mind and he will do, he will, he will transform us, heart, head, hands. And the result will be that together and as individuals, as a community, we'll be better able to live for God and serve and worship him. Let me summarize what Paul says here in Romans, in Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, remember and live who you are. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and spiritual worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. As we come to communion, Reverend, if you put the prayer on the screen, I'd like us to pray a response to this very passage. And what I've done is I've just simply turned the, the, the words of the passage into a prayer. And uh, please take a moment to read it, because I, I, I'm not going to ask you to say something you do want to say or don't mean, because that would just be hypocrisy. But there's no better place to remember who we are than here at the Lord's table. Because when we come to communion together, we're remembering all that God has done for us. We're remembering that Jesus died and rose to set us free, to give us new life and to transform us into the people that he wants us to be. And as we remember, and, and remember by actually physically tasting the bread and the, and the wine, we give thanks. And in giving thanks to what God has done, we actually enter life. The bread and the wine say to us, remember who you are 
because what what God has done for you. And our response is we want to live who we are. We want to live in this story with the help of the Spirit to transform us. And therefore, um, let's pray this prayer together as a response to Romans 12 and as a, as a, 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 a preparation for us um, um, taking the bread and the cup together. Maybe we should stand together and um, let's use these words to um, focus our response to the scriptures. Let's say it together. Lord, in view of your mercy, with my brothers and sisters here at Dublin West, we offer all that we are and have, head, heart and hands, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. We know this is our true and proper worship. Lord, help us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but by your Spirit may we be transformed by the renewing of our minds in and through our life together at Dublin West. And give us grace to be able to test and approve what your will is, your good pleasing and perfect will. Amen. Please have a seat. Let me pray. Father, we say thanks to you that you've called us to a different story. Thank you for all you've done on our behalf. We thank you particularly for the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus that brings us into a restored and renewed relationship with you as part of your totality of your plan to reshape this whole earth into a new heaven and a new earth. Father, we bless you that you are in the business of using that to transform and reshape by your spirit our deep inner hearts. And Father, pray that you'll give us grace to live in that story day by day and we'll respond to others around us in Dublin West as part of that story. We offer you thanks for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. When we served uh, the bread together, let's just keep it, the, the bread and we all eat together as a mark of our fellowship.